Well, I think we had it. I think uh, we have to be, feel very proud about uh, our team and what we did. Uh, we could score seven seven goals today um, against a team that um, did very well in uh, the other games, and I think we put them in a really difficult position today. Um, and uh, to be honest, I think uh, we should win this game. Man, uh, it's it's just it's good to have him here. You know, just uh, playing against him is uh, something else different, especially. You know, we grew up all, you know, watching him and all of that, but that's still, still we could, you know, I think as a team, I think we could have done better as the players as well. And then that's just a disappointment for the whole team. And yeah, it's just one of those games. Well, hey, there we are. We are live. Welcome everyone to Afterburn Soccer Show. I'm your host, Nathan Hill at Nathan J. Hill. And with me is, as usual, Jose Carmona at El Chico Hola. Carmona. Well, yeah, we're we're here to talk about an eventful weekend for FC Dallas fans. A sold-out crowd, Leagues Cup action, Inter-Miami coming to down with the world's best player, Lionel Messi, who proved <laughs> that billing with a couple of finishes that just make you, that make you angry because when it's scored against you, when it's scored on your team, yeah, you're, you're pretty cool with it, but... What what a game! What an intense match! Packed crowd, a uh, lot of casuals, celebrities in the house. Uh, it, it it lived up to the billing, except for FC Dallas fans who come away disappointed as FC Dallas goes down in penalty kicks, uh, in in a tough match, an emotional match. And so we have a lot to get to. We're just going to start there. We're going to get talking, and and we want to have your comments, your questions, uh, FC Dallas fans. What were your reactions? Were you disappointed? Were you you satisfied with the result? Uh, is it just luck? Especially when it goes to PKs, it feels like it's 50-50 for any team in the world. Is it just luck? Is it just a little bad luck? Um, but did, Or did you see enough that you think, hey, we're out of this competition, but I'm excited about the future for FC Dallas and for Major League Soccer? We want your takes. Hit us up on YouTube, Facebook, comment live on the stream, and we will take your comments and questions live but yeah like I, I wrote today about it because I've had a hard time putting a lot of thoughts into it um, you know it just this was a match that just exemplified everything is beautiful about soccer there was some ama- there were amazing goals there was fight like neither team really gave up um, there were great storylines not just from Messi but from Bernard Kumungo from Alan Velasco there were some terrible soccer mistakes that you just think, like, for both sides. There were probably some missed calls. There were probably, uh, you know, some up and down refereeing. There was a great atmosphere, and there was disappointment, and there was glory to be had. And, it, you know, it's just all of that. And so, yeah, I, you, know, you sit with that as an FC Dallas fan, you can marvel at the spectacle and still go, like, we should have advanced. This team blew it. This team should have found a way forward, but this is soccer. It can be cruel, right? Jose, what was your kind of your takeaway from the night? Actually, I think it's one of the most exciting matches I've ever seen. I predict that FC Dallas earned quite a few new fans based off of that match. I mean, Americans love goal scoring. They love high scoring games. They love a good uh, they got they like they love the they love drama, they they love seeing comebacks, they love seeing uh, 
you have beautiful so so Americans like teams to win in style you know it's like most Americans aren't satisfied with a boring 1-0 win or a defensive they want to feel like they've witnessed an event and this was without a doubt the best match of this tournament and one of the best matches that that you'll see between two MLS team teams uh, at least the best one I've seen this season and so I think Dallas did themselves proud in, in going toe to toe. Let's remind everyone that everyone was basically considering FC Dallas an afterthought. If you went out and looked at the predictions, some of the prediction lines that people were were uh, throwing out were four to two. I mean, four to zero. Uh, we're talking. Everyone was picking Dallas to lose by a double digit. Uh, you know, double goals. At least two goals minimum was the average I was seeing. And mind you, I'm not even including the ridiculous ones. So, in that case, the fact that, you know, FC Dallas, honestly, um, I, I watch another podcast. Uh, uh, I was a guest on uh, the Battered uh, uh, Huron podcast who, who cover uh, uh, Miami. And uh, one of the one of the guys there predicted that. Uh, hey, how's it going, Marcin? Uh, one of the one of the guys there predicted a four-two uh, Miami win, which honestly, I my my thought at that moment was, boy, that's a disrespectful disrespectful goal line uh, scoreline, and and my thought was, uh, which. Um, I was going to send him a text, and I opted not to, to just leave it be. But my response to him was going to be, if Miami's going to score four on FC Dallas, then you can bet that FC Dallas is going to score four on Miami because at the end of the day, Miami's defense right. is their Achilles heel. They are, in my opinion, hot garbage on defense. And Dallas may have, without – they may have um, – what do you call it? Miami may have achieved a Pyrrhic victory in that, yes, they defeated Dallas, but Dallas showed other teams what they needed to do to defeat Miami, and that is go after after their fullbacks, their left backs, right backs, harass Busquets, and basically their defense is so slow that what Dallas was doing all match the teams that will be playing going forward will be able to replicate those tactics. And I will not be shocked if Miami is involved in shootout after shootout until, I mean, until they're eliminated. Because at the end of the day, yes, they have a lot of talented players, but that team's still meshing. And while they will be able to score goals, they've proven that they will not be able to prevent goals. So that's my opinion on that game. Um, I was yeah. satisfied with the result because yeah. if you had asked me, I would have said it's going to go to penalty kicks. And unfortunately, Dallas, you know, my confidence in them after the losing to, to, to Charlotte, which, uh, well, it was a draw, Charlotte, but losing the penalty kicks. My confidence in their PK abilities were not that great. So if you would have asked me, put, me, put a gun to me and said, put it to score, I would have said it's going to go to PKs and Miami will advance on PKs. 
but they were not going to embarrass Dallas. And by the way, that draw against Charlotte is looking better and better every week. Mm-hmm. We were all like, hey, this is a team they should be able to beat. We're all, we were all disappointed in that result. And now who's playing Miami but Charlotte? So, uh, Well, they I, should have beaten Charlotte. I mean, come on, Jose. That was, that was no, a game no, again I, they had. I, I, do, I do agree yeah. that they should have beaten them, but I'm saying the fact that they've advanced, the opinion was we should have beaten them because they were an inferior team and Dallas was much better and we're at home. I'm just saying Charlotte's proven that they're not as bad a team as we thought. Mm, sure. And sure, okay. that and that the comeback last minute uh, draw against FC Dallas was not a fluke as they repeated it against Houston in spectacular fashion, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying I'm happy. Two wins, two draws. PKs are a crapshoot. I'm very satisfied with, with the way this team, which, which I was suspecting, I was of the opinion before the tournament even began, that this would be another U.S. Open Cup uh, lineup, you know, that they would not take this match seriously. And Nico had been talking that way in the lead up to it. And color me surprised. And I'm very happy with the results. The, the defense, I think, is a little disappointing on our end. But 11 goals in, in four matches is nothing to sneeze at. Mm. A team that, that had trouble finding anyone to score besides uh, Ferreira. I mean, I think Ferreira scored, what, maybe two goals this whole tournament? Yeah, I think so. So a team that, that, mm. that basically solely relied on, on Ferreira for goals was suddenly, is suddenly finding other goal scorers, and that's exciting. Yeah, so let's let's work our way through what what we learned from this. I mean, I, I agree. I think, although, um, if you look at each goal in this one from Miami and, and what the defense did or did not do, um, obviously, the own goal from Marco Farfan was just inexplicable and super gutting. Um, you know, gosh, you take that away, and maybe Miami. Uh, doesn't mount the, the extra energy to, to come back in this one, you know, but they knew at that point they had nothing to lose. You know, they, they, you know, uh, cut that deficit in half, but uh, yeah, the opening goal for Messi, it was just, it's just the Messi special. It's uh, unsavable. It almost was called back. And I, I thought, I thought that was a decent call to, to, because Mar- Martinez was jumping out of the way, even if they say, Oh, it wasn't clear and obvious. Well, Anyway, I think I don't think it was clear and obvious to overturn it, but fine. But that's also a goal with like any team scouting Messi has to know like this is what Messi does. Like you cannot like leave him unattended at the top of the box. Just that's just not. I mean, you know. So even if it leaves someone else open, so fine. You know, teams are going to know that. Now. You've done it twice in this tournament. He'll probably do it a third time. It's the league's going to have to acclimate to the fact that you know that. They've shown they can prove. They've proven that they can come out and score early, yeah. before you're settled in, before the teams. So that's that's just it. Is teams are going to have to basically come out and be on high alert immediately, not not mm-hmm. try to settle into the game. Let's face it. Once FC Dallas settled into the game, they were the better team. Right. Yeah. Now, that, the first um, half, it was all FC Dallas. I mean, and uh, yeah. So fa- fascinating um, kinds of things, you know. And then we, you know. Uh, the own goal again. We already mentioned that, but the second goal was run a play, and it was it was disappointing that FC Dallas didn't pick that up. That's a letdown of the defense. And the final goal was a free kick. You know that was unsavable. Messi probably cheated. He 
inch the ball forward on that that viral video going around. But that's what players do. That's what soccer players do. Even on corner kicks, they just they want to get their little position right, you know. But uh, maybe if if it was that two steps out, the ball doesn't go in, you know. But whatever. The, you know, the I, I think the refs like, should be able to see that, but whatever. no, the, the refs, the refs in, in this game when Messi was on the ball were like those WWE refs when <laughs> when they're being distracted by the corner guy. The right. guy's like runs in with a chair and hits the other guy, and then turns around and is like, "Oh my god, that guy's!" On I the didn't ground. see that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's kind of what they that that <laughs> made me think. It's like, oh hey, look at the ref; he's completely got his back but, turned to Messi. But my, my big picture defensively, like. <laughs> Who you know, two you know three four weeks ago, Giovanni Jesus looked like a bust. He looked like as a right back. He well, now I wouldn't say bust. That's too strong. But he he just looked like oh he was a project. It was going to take him another uh, into the next season for him to maybe begin to really. But he has come along strong in this league's cup, and 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 that's good for him. I mean, I right now. I really like what he's been doing back there. It seems like he's getting his feet under him, you know. And and I thought Tafari was just so good in this match, and and he is. I mean, I, he's an every weekend starter if he's available. I what want to. Think? I want to uh, say something about Giovanni Jesus, okay. and 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 this goes to all UFC fans out there that were basically harping on him. The fact is that Giovanni Jesus was coming off an injury. And was probably rushed back because of the Tuomasi, the Tuomasi injury. And I swear that, in my opinion, while everybody was saying, hey, you know, like you said, basically treating like a bust, the guy was essentially playing at less than 100% because, you know, that, that he, they had no choice, really no choice. And, and he played like it. He played like a guy coming off an injury who really should have been coming off the bench as opposed to starting. And of course it took him several games. I thought he played really well against Miami, believe it or not. I, I was impressed with some of his, uh, some of his defensive uh, things that he did uh, out there. And uh, yes, it was not a great game, but I thought he had a solid game. You know, I thought he was solid in defense. I thought he looked good. And, and I think they actually tried to target him initially uh, and of course, with with the Alba thing, at the beginning, yeah, you could say they were successful. But once he settled in, he was rock solid on defense, and and like I said, he was just a guy who you know, coming off injury, it takes time to shake that off, get back, and and yeah, I think he finally found his groove. Unfortunately for him, Tomasi is back now, and and it's going to be like the pre- like coming out preseason, they're going to have to battle out to see who's the sure. I think they'll both get some minutes, but I'm I'm fine. Giving I want to give you a hot take, by the way. Okay, a hot take for you. <laughs> the uh, surreal trade may have cost FC Dallas this match hmm. because when they were up four two, wouldn't it have been great to have another defensive mid come in to help solidify that defense? And honestly. Um, once Velasco left, that harassment that you were seeing on Busquets and, and was gone. Basically, Velasco getting off the pitch is really began the downfall, you know. And and I'm not saying offensively, 
Um, no, I, I agree was going to play defense, but I'm saying defensively, he, he would have been able to replicate some of the things that Velasco was doing, which we didn't get from Siki or or Paxton, who really looked at less than 100% out there. And and that's all I'm saying is is having having traded to your only other defensive mid, and then they go into a defensive four mid, you know, stance down the stretch. That. Yeah probably cost us more and i'm with you no i i think that's that's i don't think that's a super hot take i think i mean you you wonder just, about the subs at the end and you know the speed of the game and just what was unfolding but you know uh, i mean if you would have asked me before the game and said uh you know because of the heat these teams are both gonna have to go into their benches who's got the better bench i would have said fc dallas easily but Looking back, look at the guys that came in. Paxson, not 100% coming off coming off coming off injury. Tomasi, not 100% coming off injury. Ariola, not 100% coming off injury. Siki, not 100% coming off injury. And then of course you had Ansa, who who had looked good, and this is really his only first bad game he's had. But again, another guy who's basically still incorporating into the team. And so those are your 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 guys that subbed in, and you're like, and really even more than Pax, I think Siki Siki was the were, one who fouled, right? He fouled Messi, or that he fouled that that led to I the free Siki kick. Siki was one, and Ansa was the other, wasn't he? Oh, was that two. may have been it. Yeah, it was just it was just. But I'm just saying they played like guys that were rusty, or or not in form, or less than 100. percent And so, yes, if they were 100 percent healthy, I would say our bench was better, but. The fact was, is the guys that came in were guys that really needed minutes. Oh, oh, Dallas Beer Destroyer in the house. Holy smokes. I saw a link and I was like, I'm joining. All right. <laughs> What's your opinion on, on, on the game, by the way, since you're here? Are you oh, working out well, right sorry. now? Yeah, yeah, I'm working out. What was, this, what was the question? What's your opinion on the uh, Dallas-Miami game and uh, any hot takes you, you can give us? Oh, I think League's Cup is garbage for pricing fans out. And I think FC Dallas probably should have done more to communicate ahead of time to see what the expectations were. I pissed off all their fans as a result, which is nothing new because when it comes to ticketing, they're always they're always screwing up, right? Yeah. And then uh, other than that, I thought the team put up a good fight. Obviously, a lot of boneheaded plays took us out of the game. But, I mean, it's probably the biggest game in FC Dallas history. So um, I'm glad I was able to attend. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. The whole ticketing thing is something we haven't even touched upon yet, and you know, and I and I appreciate the fact that it's already been this conversation going on, like for other fan bases, like, hey, get ready if you're going to host Inter Miami, get ready for some shenanigans. Uh, you know, it, it's like Taylor Swift concert tickets or something. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but still, he, he's right. The 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 way that club handled it, and and I think the league really enforced this on them had a lot to do with that. So. I think the, the club handled it badly, and the fact that the league, you could tell the league was meddling in on, on how this all was handled, not just with us, but across the across the tournament. I think that just added further chaos, and then messy, and then that's, I mean, because let's face it, it's not like the tick situation was ideal before Messi even showed up for this whole League's Cup thing. It's been, it's been a fiasco, and, and it just got increasingly worse. That's right. Some some love for that beard. 
Um, <laughs> so, I mean, my other hot take from this is I, I, I don't know when you, when you put Bernard Camungo on the bench. I think you keep starting him. And I think even as Paul Areola gets healthy, you know, maybe Paul starts in place of, of Obreon. Uh, but I love Velasco in the middle as well. I, I don't think you put Velasco back on the wing unless, you know, that suits your opponent. But I love what I saw from Velasco in these, this League's Cup. And I want to see that in Major League Soccer. Uh, I just think it's a terror to opponents. And then to have Obreon and Camungo or Camungo and Areola, it's just a, a nice set of problems to present to your opponent. What do you think, Jose? I think you're right. I think I think uh, you should be having Areola and Camungo as your new wingers, starting wingers. And and you, I mean, Velasco looks like a nine million dollar man. You know, he looks rejuvenated in that central role. Which, by the way, when he was playing on the wing, he was, you know, going inwards. Uh, uh, he was going towards the center. And so I think having him in the center, you're seeing you're seeing. You know, you're seeing what we've been wanting from an, from an eight, honestly, an attacking eight that we haven't really had. We're, we're seeing from Velasco what we wanted to see from Paxton. Yeah. You know, that's what we're seeing. And and the defensive work rate is really, we're all falling over you know, ourselves how great he looked on, on the attack. But some of his defensive uh, work he was doing on the sketch was like, wow. That was there. Here's the guy who's motivated, and and he was showing it. He was playing with passion. He was tackling hard. He was. I mean, he, I've never seen Velasco look so good both ways. Both ways, he looked like a completely different player. Good stuff. You got to bottle that. You got to bottle that. And, yeah. and And I'm excited to see at least see Velasco, uh, stay at in this. Uh, in the center, and I know that I know that that means that that Paxton will have to be coming off the bench. But let's face it, I don't think Paxton's been 100% the entire season, and it may do him well to be coming off the bench, especially with the kind of energy he can bring. You know, having a guy like him come in with this kind of work rate late at yeah. running at tired legs, I think that's great. Go ahead. I have a question. Sure. Do we think Paxton's lack of performance? Because I completely agree with you. Is that a result of him not being game fit or mentally unsound for the uh, for the time being, or is that coach's decision on strategy of what he's supposed to be doing on the field? I think mm -hmm. it's a little bit of everything. I think it's. I don't think he's game fit. I think he looked kind of slow out there, in all honesty. And and we've known he has a, a sort of injury, a lingering kind of injury, not something he's going to recover. Something he's basically got to nurse and play through. And, and he's going to have games where he looks good and games where he looks like he looked in that match. And, and like I said, do you want that for an entire game? No, you want that. You want you want a guy like that coming off the bench. And, and I think it'll be – if Paxton's healthy, he'll be battling Velasco for playing time. And, you know, and, and I won't be upset if they rotate them and take turns coming off the bench. But right now, Velasco played so good that – why? Why would you right. bench him at all? Yeah, he's been a totally new player. He's been rejuvenated in that position. I love it. I mean, we, 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 we've all talked about him playing in the 10 role for a long time, even back, you know, when Jesus was experimenting with it. But, and we, they, I feel like that we did. We experimented a little bit and it wasn't going to work out. But now it's just like, why haven't we been doing this all along? Yeah, I think it's because they were worried about, they weren't, 
100% sure he could handle the defensive uh, uh, end, which he has been improving defensively throughout the season. And he looks like a guy that can go both ways now. But you got to think, you know, with the two added additions that are coming in, the two defensive mids, it, it gives the team options of, of playing maybe a, a 4-2-3-1 uh, with Velasco as a as a uh, actual 10 if they want it to. You know, it just gives the team options that they didn't have before because, let's face it, uh, our defensive mid pairing played better together than by themselves. Now with, with new options coming in, you may be able to go single uh, single six or or, or dual mids, uh, D-mids, uh, and be able to have someone coming off the bench that plays that role, which we didn't have before. It was one or the other or both. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. That's why I brought up the, the, the fact that maybe Paxton was getting instructions by the coach because we were selling Surreal. He had to be, had been known for a while. We're going to make that move. We needed a stopgap, and maybe he was being tasked to try out what he could do defensively and staying back home a little bit more often. And plus, the games he's come in has resulted in us wanting to hold on to leads. And it hasn't worked out too well, obviously, but I thought maybe that was more instructions instead of his uh, like reflection on his actual game form, but I could be wrong. Because I love Paxton, but it does seem with the current style that he's playing right now, he's taking a step back, and I don't see him starting in the front zone. Yeah, I, I, I don't recall, but did, Martinez didn't come in the game, did he? I don't think he did. No, which I think so. Which is surprising if you if you think about it, because up 4-2, you think, and, and with mm-hmm. only one true defensive mid player, you think Martinez would have been brought in and they would have gotten three in the back or five in the would, back. Would, would that have been best? I mean, because, like, honestly uh, – what Miami was searching for the whole time is to get fouls around the box to give uh, Messi a chance, and that's what we gave him at the end. I thought this we should have true, had more of a mid, mid-press or you know, a higher press with a mid-ball. Well, this is true, but what I'm getting at is is the game went that way anyway. You know, once 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 Velasco and Camungo came off, I mean, Dallas was basically playing defense the remainder of the match. Right. I mean, they were basically in their own half of, of, of the field. So that's what I'm saying is I'm surprised Martinez didn't come in because you end up playing in that manner anyway. So, and and you could have played him as a, as a more of a of a uh, basically kept him back as a cover defensive player and then asked uh, you know one of the other two to basically be more like a de- uh, defensive mid you know like a second defensive mid you know going forward instead of staying back. So it would be like a like a There'd be three in the back, but technically one would basically uh, be more of a stopper, you know, uh, coming out to help help uh, Quinon when necessary. So I'm just surprised. I'm just saying they're not playing that way anyway. So why not have another true defender out there? Well, I guess my question too, coming off of that, we got two new signings. That's other news for FC Dallas this past weekend. Both a, a D mid types. Um, we have. Uh, a veteran from uh, the Spanish league uh, who should be really interesting. Kind of kind of FC Dallas' surprise signing. Um, Ejer Ilaramendi. Um, or Ilara. Ilara, Ilara yeah, that's it. Ilaramendi. Um, long time, uh, you know, La Liga side player, even time with Real Madrid. Um, you know, so uh, really interesting player. They thought he was retiring. But he's coming back for at least the end of this year, maybe into next year. Very, very 
FC Dallas friendly contract, like an option for next year. So if they don't like what they see, they can like go back and retire, buddy. At, but then the other signing that's a little more intriguing is this this uh, this kid uh, from this Canadian international, Liam Frazier, who plays yeah. center back and play D mid for you. So he is that immediate Edwin Cerillo, uh answer and has some European experience and some international experience. So really nice signing for FC yeah. Dallas if he can. And and has okay. played for the Canadian national team and played against the U.S. Started mm-hmm. against the U.S. So. Yeah, so so I I guess my big question is is both of those signings say to to, to Fukundo Kinone that like and, and everyone surreal being out was like hey, uh, you know this is we've given you a couple of years you've had some good runs and you've had some forgettable runs uh, as, as a D mid you had a, he played a fantastic game uh, for the most part I think on on uh, on Sunday night. I, you know, I think he was a little bit late to Messi on that first goal, uh, but he scored the equalizer, the response, which is way, you know, which, which is fantastic. He he has that in his locker occasionally. Um, you know, a strong performance. Is he is he earning a, a contract extension, or or is this just going to be a free for all between these three players going into the end of the season to see who sticks around? Well, my opinion is is. Uh, let's face it, we were talking about how Surreal was no longer pushing Quinone. That basically where at the beginning of the season, you couldn't pick one or the other. They were they were basically even. But Carrillo had been separating himself from Surreal. Uh, Quinone had been uh, separating himself from Surreal of late. And so if Surreal wasn't pushing him, you needed to do something to make sure that Quinone wasn't going to say, okay, I got the job, it's mine. And, and, and you, you wanted someone to come in, so you go out and get Ilara, who it may take him a bit to get in form and whatnot, but you're hoping as he gets in shape, in form, he'll eventually start push, pushing Kenyon. And then you got Frazier, who basically is uh, a guy who's going to come in and essentially be your, your, either your third DM or your fourth center back. And, and really is young enough and has enough experience that he can push those ahead of him, which is what you want in this team. You want competition. You want somebody to push Kinyon and to push, uh, you know, Ibiaga or Tafari or whoever, whoever is, isn't starting, you know. You want, you want competition in the back line if this team's going to improve. Tomasi's back. He'll push Giovanni Jesus. And, and, I mean, I don't expect Farfan to get – pushed by Hunkwa, but let's face it, Hunkwa looks like he could push him. You know, he's played excellent uh, as mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, where do you need me to play as a Hollingshead head type. So if Frazier and Hunkwa give you those kind of players that players that are going to be willing to play wherever you want them to play and, and, and have very little drop-off, if any, when they play. So I'm pretty excited mm-hmm. about these moves. It gives the team flexibility. And... Like I said, I'm excited the fact that this team scored 11 goals in a four-match stretch. This attack has looked the best I've seen it in in a long time. And you have to be excited about the possibility of this team being very dangerous going forward if they can just figure out the defense and and, uh, get that whole, you know, even though they scored 11 goals, they did allow, what, they allowed almost as many goals. So that's... 
Yeah. There's work to do, but I do like where this team is heading. This looks like a team that could, now that they're healthy, turn the tables on what we've seen before from Dallas and be an actual team that may actually get hot as the season goes forward towards as we head into the playoffs. I just wanted to add, um, look at, I think the, the addition to the goals that you're seeing scored right now is because our six is playing so well. You don't have Jesus for tracking back nearly as much. He's already involved in the play. He's drawing defenders early. He's opening up space for other people. This is what we've needed for a long time. Um, I think early in the season, uh, a message was put out. One of you guys is going to go because it's not consistent. Uh, you're competing for your job. And somebody stepped up, and that's who we kept. And at that same point, we've planned for the future. We have these two wonderful signings like you pointed out. Everything you said about them is true. This is probably one of the best competitive signings and smart signings that I've ever seen us do in a summer transfer window. I think it's phenomenal. You're setting yourself for the, for the future and for the immediate. And I, I'm very excited for what's to come. Yeah. I also want to give a shout-out to LeJet, who, yeah. besides Velasco, he's, un, he, he's overshadowed by the fact that Velasco had a tremendous tournament. But LeJet also had a solid tournament. And, in fact, that pairing, that pairing works so well. And I want to say that the problem with Velasco when everybody was injured was that he was gaining all the attention. He was more pressure was put on him, and 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 he was he wasn't, you know, stepping up to it, you know. But now that Jesus is back, and Leggett is back in form, and Camungo clearly took a step forward, and now Velasco has room to operate, and now you're seeing him thrive because because of the pairing, because they complement themselves so well. They attacked us. The only the only thing slowing down the attack. Is is the fact that you know, O, which stands for offside, O'Brien, uh, is is you, you know love love the guys love the guys a combative spirit, but clearly somebody else needs to be starting instead of him, and and he's a player that should be coming off the bench, um, running against tired legs. But again, like I said, that's really the only the only issue we've had is is but because you move Velasco to the center, you know, you'll just have to figure out who your left left uh, winger is. And, and it could be Ansa, could be Ariola. Uh, if they right. go to two, to two uh, defensive midfielders and, and start uh, Velasco as a 10, you could actually move Leggett out to the wing also. So this team now, I think, is set up in a way that if everyone's healthy, the coach is going to have some difficult decisions to make. And it's going to have a lot of options on how to line up this team and try to confuse other teams. Mm. Yeah, good it start. ain't perfect. It ain't perfect, but options are always good. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and as we begin to wrap up the show, we'll, we'll also shift over to North Texas. We've got a lot of love because of Bernard Camungo story. And, you know, wait, media wait, folks. Wait, wait, I got, oh, my go last, I got my last hot take, which I said right. to you guys. And, and, and I want to say it. So y'all, you know, if it happens, I can take some credit for it. But I was just telling the guys, and they were laughing at me, and I said, hey, we may have just seen a preview of MLS Cup with Miami against FC Dallas. I know. Hey, I know FC Dallas fans are, are very pessimistic, but I'm not pessimistic. Okay. And I'm just saying, if Dallas can bottle that attack and those and any either of those two DMs hit, Dallas is going to be a very tough team to beat. They mm -hmm. are going to be a very tough team to beat and let's face it the west isn't doesn't really have a dominant team this year it's wide open lafc starting to show signs that they're getting back there 
But let's face it, in any bracket, LAFC is going to be on one side of the bracket and FC Dallas is going to be on the other side unless for some reason FC Dallas, you know, it's most likely it'll be on opposite sides of the bracket. That's the uh, one team. They could, bring you, they could bring you home field advantage in a playoff run, right, for first round. That's what those signings could do. I'm just saying, I like what I see from Dallas and, and, and the fact that the West is such a, a – why not? Why not FCD? If FCD gets hot, they have the tools, uh, I think. All right. To make I like that run. hot take. That's my hot take. Well, I was going to jump over and just mention North Texas SC lost their Saturday evening game, uh, another disappointing result on the road, 2-1, to one, after a really great victory at home. And, yeah. of course, they've been getting a good – good. thanks for joining me, joining us. That was great. Dallas that was great. Beer that, was great. that was fun. Yeah, I like it. Sweating, sweating to the oldies there. But it make, make me want to work out. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, well, I'm going to go work I'm, out for this. Getting the sweat just watching <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, North Texas, it felt like maybe they started to turn a corner last weekend, a four, nothing victory at home. And then, uh, this, when they go to Minnesota, they fall behind two, nothing, the same kinds of goals that they have had a trouble with, uh, in the past, they grabbed one back Thomas Pondeca with a, with a fantastic, uh, you know, fantastic little goal to put them back in it, but just too little too late. Uh, but the good news for North Texas, I think, is one, uh, you know, they can continue to point to Bernard Camungo. They can point to, like, hey, we may not be winning on the field right now as much as where we want to be, but this is a venue for young players to come, to develop, and to get a chance with the senior team. Uh, so the sky's the limit. It's, that's a good marketing pitch. And I think they picked up a couple of players that are interesting um, a defender, uh, a U.S. kind of international defender who's had who spent some time in Europe today. I don't see uh, uh, his name is, but also uh, Lotaro Tobata, Argentinian. Thabo, Thabo Nare, N-A-R-E. Yeah. Some interesting guys wow. that, you know, obviously I think at this point in the season, we don't think these guys are necessarily going to ball out and, and make it the senior team next year, but <laughs> but it's the beginning of that journey. I have a little insight for you on that. Okay. The so the, the, there was the three editions. You had Lacey, you had Tabonari, and then you had Lataro, the Argentinian kid. Of those three, Lataro is the big signing. They, they basically stole him from a second division team uh, that basically think of him as, your, uh, as a pickering or one of the guys that FC Dallas lost uh, to, you know, to a USL team. He's that kind of player. He's basically was their best prospect. And the fact that they were unable to sign him, um, it's a huge get for, for North Texas. But here's my, t- uh, my little, little insider thing you guys should know is they both have something in common. The, uh, the guy that just signed Nare, who's a left back, who by the way, is going to be replacing Rose on the roster who, who yeah. was lost to inj- uh, injury for the rest of the season. And the one thing they both have in common, technically all three have in common, is all three players were in preseason with North Texas, with Nare and Lauturo was huh. also here as trialists. So these guys didn't come out of nowhere. Uh, Lauturo was basically a trialist for North Texas, but he couldn't sign because, you know, he wasn't of the age yet. Uh, and basically, as soon as he got old enough, boom, they signed him. So he was basically a guy who pressed, but they had to wait to see what happened between him and his team before they could sign him. So he's a guy they wanted, 
and they got Inarius, another guy who was basically beaten out by Rose, who was signed during preseason. Hmm. So, but these guys are no strangers to the staff. They're not, oh, you know, where'd they find these guys? These guys were in, uh, in North Texas. They trained, they were trialists. So they're not some guys that they caught, hey, you got anybody available? These are guys that they wanted, that they targeted, that they were probably going to get all along. Mm. You know, so oh. so that tells me that they're not just, you know, hey, let's let's grab these guys and see if they, if, if they have anything. These are guys that they've actually seen, that they've actually seen play and know what they bring to the table. Now the question is how fast can they, um, you know, work them into into the system and there was a rumored signing too wasn't it wasn't there a fourth rumored signing a 16 year old kid that hasn't that hasn't been verified but there was there was a rumor of a 16 year old kid got signed by fc dallas uh, but, yeah no i i uh but he, he looks more like a north texas signing in honesty and 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 when i heard the rumor is yeah. hey he wouldn't be the first 16-year-old that North Texas signed, in all honesty. And and uh, oh, was that that um, Brazilian kid that has the American uh, that's yes. American? Uh, I forget his name, but I wouldn't be shocked if that's another guy that they, they that they maybe he's just joining the academy and not necessarily not necessarily signing with the FC Dallas. He might be an academy addition. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's what he's being brought in is, hey, you know, you're going to practice with North Texas, maybe get minutes on the academy and then play for the academy. Mm -hmm. So North Texas reinforced. Their biggest need is they really, really missing. Um, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Ferry. Mm, People that, forget that, that we have William Ferry. Blaine Ferry had a really good season for us last year, pulling the strings for the team, and 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 they're missing that playmaker. They're missing that guy that unlocks the defenses, and therefore defenses are able to just the 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 you know you got Hope Avellevo who 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 is getting back in the form, and it's really their only creative playmaker, and and they need someone centrally. They got some young kids who are you know still kind of raw. And so hopefully uh, this this Argentine kid that they signed, hopefully he can add a little something there uh, and play making abilities. And, and Pondeco, mm -hmm. let's not forget, he, he's still transitioning uh, to soccer uh, at this level, at this professional level. So it's growing pains, you know. It's, yeah. it, it, I don't doubt that they're going to turn around, but it may be too little too late. They're running out of time to get their season straight. Yeah, it's, it's like about six games left. They're only about six points back, roughly, from kind of sneaking into a last pay place kind of playoff position. But you know, other teams have a couple of games in hand. It's not a very good scenario. Now, you if if North Texas won eight got eighteen points from here on out, they'd at least be in conversation, you know. But but that's pretty unlikely, you know, at this point. But a game at a time is all you can do, you know. And and those other teams are going to drop points here and there as well. So. It may not be 18 points. It may be, you know, can you get 12 over these last six games? And, you know, we'll see. You know? Well, I think, I think honestly, the, the goal should be to try to get a run. But at the same time, a lot of the players that they brought in, that, that they, the international players they brought 
they brought in, um, players they took risks on. They're basically in a show me, you know, type of, of time left. They got to show what they got because let's face it, that's where the changes are going to have to be made this year. You know, uh, North Texas Brighton has played a lot of young players, and those young players will only get better, so they're not going anywhere. But it's going to be your Henry, uh, you know, your your uh, Ferreira, uh, Weber, some of these guys that they brought in that really have not uh, played to the standards of previous international signings. Those are the guys that are on the clock. They mm-hmm. need to get it together. They need to show that that they can up their game and that even if North Texas misses playoffs, if they can go on a run, then you'll see some of these guys brought back. But at this point, North Texas is going to be basically, uh, yes, I am watching Minnesota fall apart. <laughs> I am watching Minnesota fall apart in the League's Cup right now. Uh, <laughs> I actually have the game on too. So, uh, yeah, it's 1-2, and now it's 2-2 two, two as, as – uh, Toluca has just scored on a PK. Oh, so. my Lord. Oh, boy. We got draws still, everywhere. Nashville. It's, seven, it's, it's still America. 50 minutes to go, but the momentum is all, all, all Toluca right now. <laughs> so, wow. But, yes, hey, you know, I'm just saying, North Texas, that's what they're playing for. They're playing for, sure. hey, let's ride the ship because some of these guys will not be coming back. Uh, uh, like I said, Henry has been a starter on the back line pretty much the, the one – Backline player that has started all year for a backline that, frankly, has not been very good all season. So, do you bring him back? You know, he hasn't. He came in with a high pedigree, and let's frankly, Henry is a guy that would have been a uh, <coughs> excuse me in the past would have been a Clavijo special. You got a guy who's who's considered a high end uh, a, a prospect who got injured coming back from injury and signed with North Texas. And has basically, this season has been him basically trying to get back to 100% from the type of injury that, you know, takes two years. So that would be my big question is, is has Henry in this in the season where the defense has been not to prior North Texas standards? <coughs> I don't know how much he's playing, but it can't be cheap. Do you bring a guy like that back? Do you really bring any of the international signings and loans back because that's where you can make the biggest improvement is to purge and start over there. Well, good stuff. Well, we, we, we need to leave it there. Um, appreciate everyone uh, joining us. Appreciate Dallas beer destroyer for joining us on the, on a whim and conversation good comments. Appreciate everybody. A lot of, a lot of uh, leagues cup to continue to watch here about 10 more minutes left in a lot of these games. We'll see with Nashville or, you know, America can get through or who between Philly and uh, New York. Uh, some some nail biters. All right. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be watching League Cup, but not 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 yeah. as whole as much as I was watching it when FC Dallas was still there. <laughs> and no, I will not be tuning in cheering for for teams to beat Messi. You know, he, if it happens, it happens. I'm not for or against Messi advancing. It's. It's good for the league, you know, if he goes forward. And honestly, I think it's good for the league if he doesn't go forward either, you know. So we'll see. Any attention is good attention. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe. Of course, check out Afterburn.soccer, our 
our blog for the latest news and updates and and pontification and stuff like that. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.